Hello and welcome to our third episode of Sequel Decay, where we struggle to get through the day one franchise at a time. I'm Chris Ranta and with me is Brandon. Hello. And Stefan. Hello. This week we're talking about The Avengers. Again. Kill me. Well, we talked about the first two last week and I should mention something. Uh, Chris Penwell, who was on the show for the last about five minutes last time. Yeah. And we said would be joining us today is unfortunately not here. We're very sad that he isn't because we would love uh, you guys to hear him and his opinions on things, but... Uh, we'll have to get him next time. Uh, we, we, we're sending condolences to Chris Penwell's family. <laughs> Dear Mr. Slash Mrs. Penwell, yeah. sorry we killed your son. Yeah. We're, we're fucking recording! <laughs> Jesus Christ! The police will use this against This us. is staying in. <laughs> it's all canon. It's all... It's all... Sequel Decay canon is confirmed. We have officially killed off Chris Penwell in the third episode. <laughs> He'll be on Active Quest on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because Infinity War came out last year and Endgame only came out as of this being released, I want to say a week prior, yeah. we are going to be going into heavy spoilers, so to be courteous to those who haven't seen the movie yet, we're going to start with our thumbs up, thumbs down ratings, and a quick little thing about what we thought of the movie, and then we're just going to go straight into spoilers for both. So yeah. if you'd like to avoid spoilers, just go into the description and there will be timestamps if you want to avoid those. So... Stefan, what did you think of Avengers Infinity War? Infinity War is awesome, and I really love it. Uh, it's kind of unique in the sense that, especially among like these big blockbuster cape shit movies, it's like unapologetically bleak, especially by the ending. And yeah, it ends in a, in, on a cliffhanger, but it, it doesn't feel unearned. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it in the spoiler section, but mm -hmm. I, I really love this movie. Brandon? Before the Endgame came out, it was, Infinity War was one of my, my favorite one, uh, just because it has one of the best villains I've seen on TV in a long time, or on, I'm sorry, in movies in a long time, uh, and just really good character development. They managed to fit 40 plus characters into two and a half hours of screen time. Yeah. Like it's, it's a wonder they it's, did that. It's, it it's incredible proud. that they did that. It's... Yeah. Yeah. And I respect it more than I actually like it. That's fair. Like, I respect the hell that they had the ambition to try to fit 40 characters into one film. I don't think it completely works. I have a few issues with it that are going to sound more like nitpicks, but I think Endgame improved on a lot of those issues I had with Infinity War. So, thumbs up or thumbs down for Infinity War? Thumbs up. Hard thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, like I said, moderate thumbs up for me. <laughs> so, let's talk about spoilers. For Avengers Infinity War. I'm gonna do my- Spider-Man dies! Everyone dies! <laughs> Y'all always step on my intro and- <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. <laughs> what is there to introduce? Everyone knows what this fucking movie is. It's a movie- We did a spoiler-free thing. We clearly know that not everybody has seen this movie. <laughs> I think everyone knows what it is. Okay, I'm but- sure We said spoilers and then he screamed Spider-Man dies. Why are you trying to erase me from this podcast? We don't like you. Do, uh, do, start your thing. Yeah, fuck you both. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War was released in 2018 and is the third Avengers movie, and the first one directed by the Russo brothers. In Avengers Infinity War, a giant purple people leader named Thanos <laughs> invades Earth and <laughs> with, the with the goal of kill everyone. The Avengers, teamed up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and all other ancillary Marvel characters, must stop him. This movie stars way too much people to name, but introduces Josh Brolin as Thanos, 
and stars basically anybody who Disney was able to pay the hush money to. They've had like 40 plus characters. Yeah, there's a lot. I want to go over the the different groups that we have the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Original Avengers. We have the Ant Man Squad. No, we don't have Ant Man. It's just Ant Man. Oh, that's right. No, no, no. no, Not even Ant Man. No. Yeah, no, he's not even in it. Yeah, there's a couple of squads, aren't there? Like, not. I mean, my squad is like characters from like uh, group, Black group, Panther group movies. I mean, Black yeah. Panther is a Black Panther and the Wakanda contingent. Yeah, everyone Thor's from Wakanda. Group, yeah. Thor. Well, he's with the Guardians. Yeah. Um, I'm, I want to talk about like because like the rest of Asgard doesn't show up until Endgame. There's the Shield mm-hmm. people, like Captain America and Black Widow. And Nick, Nick Fury. Fury and Maria Hill show up in the post credit scene. Yeah, I think one of the more notable things about this movie is like. Uh, tone, and we can talk about how the tone maybe doesn't live up to all our expectations mm-hmm. a little later, but it kind of introduces a very prevalent theme of futility within the first scene, where Thanos murders most of the Asgardians and also kills Heimdall and Loki. Like, the, the movie obviously has levity, and the jokes work here and there, but... It kind of spirals into being pretty unapologetically bleak. Yeah, and those are the best parts of the movie is when it does just kind of get unapologetically bleak and doesn't really let let off from there. Well, that's the last thing that he's talking about at the beginning where it's Loki dies. That's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Oh no, the opening yeah. scene is amazing. It's, it's so, yeah. like Loki finally decides to be the you know the good person, the hero, and that's when he gets killed. Like I love how it's like this just super minor redemption arc. Just, yeah, well, yeah, ever so, ever so slightly over yeah, the course like of all the Thor movies. No, like, it's yeah. a two-minute redemption arc in this movie, and then he's just slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. And I remember all the controversy behind it to everyone after, just like, oh, he's not actually dead, he's gonna come back, and then the Rooster Brothers had to tweet something saying, no, he's fucking dead, he's not coming back, Yeah, get over it. Which is which is fine. Fine, fine. that's good, I don't, I don't need to see any more Loki. Yeah, yeah I think, I think Loki's kind of run his course at this point, yeah. because he's been in, oh yeah. god, too many of these movies, but... I think tonally is where it gets the most frustrating for me. The best parts of the movie for me are when it is super bleak and when it does stay consistent with that tone because the entire movie, there's like this impending feeling of just doom and dread that's coming and we know it's coming. And it seems like the characters all kind of do as well. But I really didn't like when the movie got super quippy. Like that first fight scene with, I don't even know the character's name, I'm literally just going to refer to him as Squidward. So yeah, it's because, what Tony Stark calls him. What, what's his name? Ma. Ma? Ma. Okay, so that first fight scene when Ma comes down, I can understand Tony being a little quippy in the beginning, because it's clear throughout these movies that he uses sarcasm and dry humor as a coping mechanism, and it's also clear that he's immature. In that introductory scene for the Guardians, it also kind of makes sense, because they don't know what's going on, also Peter's a man-child. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Everyone's like, Peter's a fucking dumbass, he's all this stuff. I'm like, but... One thing people forget is that he was taken from Earth by, uh, first of all, a thief. Mm. Probably wasn't very smart himself. When he was, what, 12? 13 if in the that, movie? If that, yeah. Yeah. Of course he's going to be a dumbass. He has the highest, he has the education of up to what, grade 7? Yeah, no, but... Like eight, no, maybe, but, and then that's it? Yeah, like, but I'm not saying... I'm not saying Peter's immature in a bad way. Oh, no. I'm saying it more as, like, I can understand why there's quips here, and I can understand why there's a couple quips there, but... After that, they don't really work for me because it just feels. It feels either about that scene on Titan. Yeah, and I don't want the movie to be full fledged serious. I get it. There's got to be moments of levity, but the moments of levity they do have just feel like they're thrown in the wrong places for the most part. See, I 
kind of don't feel the same way. Maybe it's just because I'm completely misreading the movie, but I kind of feel there's kind of a funnel effect with the humor where, like, the beginning is very heavy on quips, like, after the first scene, I mean, but it really kind of tapers off the closer you get to the climax. Oh, no, I agree with that, that it does start to taper off after a while, but... I think it's towards the middle is where I started getting really frustrated. I I just kind of wish they really did lean more into the pending Doom thing. I don't know if that was a studio thing or if the Russos were just like, we'll make it kind of funny for a while. I mean, it's already pretty dark. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it's already pretty much accomplished that goal of being, yeah. holy fuck, but, down is coming. Like, the people that do die for real, even discounting the people who get dusted, the people who, like, die, 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 are not... It's they're all killed pretty cruelly. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Look at all, all the casualties on the battle of the, of the Wakandan fields. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. Well, yeah. And like it's like yeah, oh yeah. The leader of the, that other tribe that isn't the king is oh he's alive still. Oh the girl plays Michonne in The Walking Dead. She's still alive. King is still alive. Cool. But every other one is just fucking gone. Like half the field is just dead. Yeah. And it's just like fuck. I was yeah. I was thinking like even the more major characters like Loki gets his neck broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, gets stabbed to the Heimdall heart. gets stabbed through the heart. Gamora gets thrown off a cliff as a sacrifice. Yeah. And um, Vision gets his forehead ripped out. Yeah. After first being blown up, reanimated and then killed again. That that I think that, yeah, yeah. Like well, that's first had the worst death. And he get he gets impaled Yeah, he gets impaled in Scotland, yeah. Yeah. And then they fix him up and then he gets beaten some more. Yeah. He's like my favorite crash test dummy in this movie. I mean, he kind of looks like one. Yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> that's what I see when I look at Vision. He's like, hey, look, it's one of those what if, uh, Michelin tire Yeah, I was going to say, what if Vision was the Michelin man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big tub ball. I'm going to throw it. What's your superpower? I'll throw a tire at you. <laughs> You'll stop real quick. So, yeah, I, I have some issues with the tone. I think Endgame handled it a little bit better. And I think just seeing how they handled it in Endgame... It just made me a little more disappointed in Infinity War. But I also don't think Infinity War is a bad movie because of it. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, I wish they did this a little better. And I wish this was a little stronger. You know, it's one thing, too, I noticed as well is that uh, when, we, when we were doing our the review on the first two movies, uh, we focused on James Barton. Or uh, Barton. Talk Clint, Clint, Clint Barton. Barton. Clint Barton. Clint, Thank Clint. you, sorry, James Barton. Clint. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, Clint Barton, and he was like how he's like a really main character, and his, he's the moral compass of the team. He's the last kind of stuff, and then this is actually the first Avengers movie where he's not even in it. Yeah, he's not even yeah. in the movie, which is which is a huge change because uh-huh. like everyone's like, oh yeah, he's because he's like the one like normal, nor- air quotes normal person on the team who's just using a bow and arrow and his uh, military skills, right? He's the he's the most relatable out of anybody. Yeah, he's the most grounded, out and of when the you team. don't have that, it changes the tone a little bit. Yeah, I think that kind of makes sense though, because like this movie is. As weird as it is to say, on a way grander scale than the first two movies, Ooh, huge. Like, oh yeah, no, like visually, this movie is stunning. It's well, so yeah. good. It's well, so much better than the Whedon movies. Well, yeah, so the first, much the first yeah. two movies takes place solely on Earth. Well, it yeah. starts on it starts in space. It starts in space, yeah. And then we come back down to New York City for a little bit, and then we're pretty much thrown back up in space. And then there's Wakanda. And then there's Wakanda. Yeah. Oh, and then we go to Scotland, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it bounces all over the place. It, it's but... It's all over the place. And I think this is why I'm not as pissed off about the tone is because they handled giving the characters enough screen time Mm. so well. Oh, yeah. They did such a good job with that. Yeah. I don't think the characters got as much screen time in terms of these like small interactions that we saw in the first two movies. I don't think we saw as much of those necessarily. No, but we didn't need but them. We, but no, we didn't need them because we, we know most of the characters. We did get some like Thor meeting the Guardians yeah. or whatever. Or that... 
brilliant Captain America meeting Groot scene. I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> Slightly high-pitched voice. Like, that doesn't really suit your build there, bud. Yeah, it's mostly interactions between characters we already knew, or characters that we don't know, but we get, I'll get a sense of their dynamic. Like, Thor and Quill were never going to get along. Tony and Doctor Strange were also absolutely never going to get along, because they're both egotistical yeah but i think they're both very different egotistical yes yeah like yeah. you like you can kind of tell that dr strange just looks at tony with absolute com- disdain yeah, yeah complete disdain like i was like you once just and then pity. i realized i'm an asshole it's just pity isn't it it's yeah just, like yeah. kind of this like strange pity of like look at you you pathetic douchebag also i want to come back to what you were saying about um the way cap introduces himself to groot mm. I actually think it fit his character. Yeah, he might sound a little more high-pitched, but it definitely gives off that Boy Scout vibe. Well, yeah, well, yeah. it'll give us instead of saying, you know, I'm Captain America. No, it's like, I don't know, I'm Steve Rogers, I'm still a person. I'm yeah. still that scrappy kid from Brooklyn that you saw in the first Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah. and right. he always kind of will be. So, like, it didn't take me out as much as, I guess, it took you out. Uh, I think my favorite of the little subgroups that form, and I'm glad they formed subgroups because I think everybody hanging out and going everywhere together would have been... A just mess. way too that much. What a mess. A disaster. No, they did the right thing. I think my favorite of these subgroups was Thor, Rocket, and Groot. Yeah. I, I don't really think there's any contest. And then he just calls it calls Rocket Rabbit the entire time. And, and Rocket's <laughs> just com- completely fine with it. He's like, yeah, alright, fine. I'm not going to argue with I, the god man. I think he's more confused than anything. Yeah. But every time, like, someone else would call him not a raccoon, he would just, he would literally just pull out his gun and go, I'll fucking kill ya! Yeah, but in this, he's just like, okay, whatever you're fucking saying. Well, asshole. He survived yeah. being in space after the, after the wreckage they saw. Of course, I wouldn't want to fuck with that guy. I no. agree with the pirate angel. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you're Kevin. You're very persuasive. <laughs> I also very much enjoyed Drax. Very, very <laughs> much not scene. low key being attracted to Thor. <laughs> Aren't we yeah, all? No, low key you are a dude. This is a man. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag facts. <laughs> I ship it. I ship it. Fax or door? Ooh, I like door. Door. I like hashtag door. <laughs> make uh, hashtag door. Drawer. Yo, make that. Yeah, let's make hashtag door. No, no, coming. hashtag drawer. I like drawer. 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 Hashtag drawer. I like Fax better. That sounds weird. Fax sounds like a fucking uh, what do you call them? Those like fucking bug repellent things, like raid. I just realized Thax could also be Thanos and Drax. Oh my god, yeah! Do you guys remember when, like, I think the Marvel Netflix shows were just getting announced, and I think Infinity War was announced at about the same time. I think so, yeah. Uh, more or less, anyway. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, oh, because the Netflix shows are are in the same universe, you're gonna see Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage in the same movie, and I'm just so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that would have been weird. It like, would have added literally nothing to the plot. Th- never mind the fact that the Netflix shows didn't actually tie into the movies, like, at, at all. At all. Yeah. I haven't seen any of them. I like a lot of them, but, like... Oh, yeah. I, I want to yeah. watch Daredevil, and I want to watch Jessica Jones, and I'm really worried about watching The Punisher. I've heard Iron Fist is also trash. I heard Iron Fist was horrible. It's really bad. The first season and a half of Daredevil is really good. Uh, I can't speak of the third season, but I've heard it's good. For the Punisher starts slow but gets really good. 
Luke Cage has a good first half of the first season. Jessica Jones has a really good first season and kind of a mediocre second one. And yeah. I never saw Iron Fist. Yeah, but you're probably right. It's probably good they weren't in added into the movie. Because, like, what would they, what purpose would they have even ser- served? Like, m- most of the movie no. takes place in space or in Wakanda. Well, exactly. Yeah, not and, in New York. And from yeah. what I gathered of the Netflix shows, it seems like they're in a more grounded universe yeah. than these movies are. Well, so even, even a the fucking mess. The point of these movies is that they're street level heroes. Well, even yeah. the, even the shows like Agents of Shield, which is even that was slightly disconnected from the movies. They didn't shoot in anything that didn't need to be there. They Except didn't shoot in Daredevil. They didn't shoot in uh, Runaways or Cloak and Dagger or mm-hmm. Agents of Shield or even like Hawkeye and Ant Man, who really probably wouldn't have had any part in the movie. What about the Inhumans, though? I heard that show was terrific. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they released the first two episodes in fucking IMAX? You're just like. You watch the trailer. I didn't like, watch them. No, <laughs> I watched the entire series because it, it, it was canceled. I know it was canceled. Uh, so I, that tells you how good the show was. Yeah, it was one season, and the only reason I watched it was because it had one of my favorite actors in it, Ewan Ryan, who plays Ramsey in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's that's like one of the reasons I watched it because I wanted to see him and what his character was like, and he is the villain of the show, but he's the most interesting character, hmm. which because everyone else is. The most flat, non-round characters I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> Not life. Not round. <laughs> non-round. <laughs> Triangular. Yeah, they did my boy Black Bolt pretty. <laughs> like I like the idea, but like it was it's awful. The Inhumans. I don't know much about the Inhumans comics, but like whenever they show up in stuff like Avengers or Fantastic Four, I always thought they were really cool, well, especially Lockjaw. Well, Lockjaw I mean, is cool. Well, I, I before the TV, the TV show came out for one season, it was originally supposed to be a movie. Right. Yeah, and yeah. So yes. like, there's really like, okay, it's gonna be a movie, and I'm like, okay, so they're gonna eventually be part of the MCU movies universe, but then it's just, I'm really glad it didn't happen because dear God, that was bad. I, I have a strange feeling that if they got a decent set of writers and a good director together, they I, probably would have made a decent Inhumans movie. I think honestly, they probably just threw it on TV because they, they just didn't fucking care. They could have yeah. fit the entire plot of the first season into an hour and a half. Oh, I wouldn't be shocked. You can watch the first episode and then the last episode, and you're good. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm saying like they probably if they had a team that genuinely gave a shit, they probably would have made a really good Inhumans movie. But mm-hmm. the problem is they didn't. Yeah, and yeah. it fucking shows because yeah, shows canceled. They would have helped, I guess, more than the Defenders in, in, in Infinity War more because they actually have some abilities. Yeah, I mean the yeah. the Inhumans have more powers and they're also like a bit more kind of cosmic and weird. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> <laughs> so one one thing actually, I, I, I really thought. Well, anyway, we've talked about Inhumans for way too long. Anyway, so back to Avengers Infinity War. I, was trying, I, was, I kept trying to tie it back in. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Let's talk about Inhumans more. Guys, Infinity Inhumans. <laughs> well, the most important and most impressive parts of the Infinity War movie, and that is the villain, Thanos. Uh, Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. <laughs> He's been... Um, he was teased in the first two Avengers movies. In the credit scenes, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think I can say that he got exponentially less interesting in these cameos as they went along, because at that point, it's like, yeah, we fucking get it. Like, he appears in Avengers, and it's intriguing, because who is this guy? Who is this guy who hired Loki? Then we see him in Guardians, and he has this, like, long scene where he's essentially just telling Ronan how useless he is, which, <laughs> I mean, we could have pieced that together by ourselves. Okay, let's, let's not get into Ronan's fucking... Not again. Shit. Not again. Uh, and then he appears in, a, in Age of Ultras, like, fine, I'll do it myself. And then he takes, like, 80 years to get here. And now he's here, and he was so much better than I expected him to be. Oh, yeah. So much. He's one of the best, like I said, one of the best 
villains I've seen. I think uh, it's tough to talk about him like isolated just to Infinity War because I think his arc actually resolves like perfectly in Endgame. Mm-hmm. He's worth mentioning in Infinity War because of like this kind of the subculture that emerged after. Well, not only that, but also this like Infinity War is Thanos's movie. Yeah, oh yes. yeah, he's the main like, character. He is essentially the main character of that movie. Infinity, yeah, he's the, and you're he's pretty the... much following him the entire time while the rest of the Avengers are just scrambling to kind of deal with him. One thing like yeah. like like one thing about the MCU movies that are we've talked about in the past, uh that they really shine in character development. Yeah. And this like you said, this is his this is his origin story, basically. Yeah. Even though he's the villain, he makes you want to feel for him. Like that scene with Gamora. Uh like, you, you, like, I... yes, you still he yeah, he's the bad guy, and you're like, fuck him. But I, like you get a more in-depth look of, of why he's acting the way he is, why he's such a fucking psychopath. No, but yeah, you know, like okay, we need to talk about even, Thanos. Even, is we, need to, we need to talk about Thanos was right. Yeah, <laughs> we need to talk about okay, let's, let's get that out of the fucking way. Oh no, fuck! Okay, so, uh, the, the, let's uh, try to do it without any. Would, would you like? Though. Would you like to uh, discuss what, or tell us what the the issue is here, Stefan? Okay, so I'll I'll just do a bit of comic history, real fucking quick. Get that out of the way. So Thanos in this movie is completely like thematically his motive for doing this is pretty much different uh at least on surface level from his motive in the comics because in the comics he just wants to fuck death he wants to fuck death he literally he is in love with the concept of death to the he and he literally wants to fuck the personification of death because of course death is an actual person in the marvel universe and uh i that's kind of interesting and part of me kind of wanted to see that but uh uh anyway in this movie his motive is mitigating the effects of overpopulation by murdering half of all life in the universe. Exactly half. Exactly half, and as Un- he says... Unbiased, random... Uh, but is it unbiased, though? Because when he's asked, what is he going to do after, he's like, I'm going to watch the sunrise on a grateful world. So he's not actually planning on including himself in the culling. No. So it is up to him. And that kind of ties into the crux of what's wrong with him. It's not actually a good answer for the problems of, quote-unquote, of overpopulation. Mm -hmm. Because if you just kill half the people, the systems that created the overpopulation are still in place. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you might stall the problem, but it's only going to happen again. It's going to come back. And like there's there's so many other ways to fix that problem besides killing half the population. You could... For instance, double all the resources that everyone has. Yeah. yeah. Increase the efficiency or how the system works. Uh, find a new system. Find a new system. <laughs> Figure out how, a way to make it so that, like... Everybody gets same, what they same, need. In regards to humans, we only need half of what we used to need. Yeah, or, or that... Change our digestive system. Or that Do some something. people don't have a hundred times what they need, and some people have nothing, none of what they yeah, exactly. need. Exactly, like, yeah. like, it's There's so many other ways, and it's just... So mm. what what we're getting at is that Thanos is kind of deluded, and he's he's a he psychopath. Might, he he might have convinced himself that what he's doing is it's the re- humanitarian it thing really, to do. Really, really shows in this in the end game. Yeah, and no, he's an he's an absolute fucking psychopath. He's got it in his head that this is what he needs to do, and he's convinced all these other people. And I do like that kind of like pseudo religious aspect of the movie. How. Everyone else is like the children of Thanos, and yeah. you know, they're all his followers, and they all believe all the shit that he's pouring it's very, in their mouths. Very cultish. It's very yeah. cultish, and I very Scientology esque, and I loved it. Yeah, and <laughs> drink that Kool Aid, Squidward. <laughs> and what it comes down to is like he's a eugenicist. He wants oh, yeah. he wants to selectively breed out. 
people who he deems undesirable, which will never include himself. Which is why, in the meta-narrative of the movie, when people start saying, well, Thanos was right, because overpopulation is a problem, uh, if you know anything about what we just talked about, that should send up massive red flags. Mm -hmm. Because these are people who either don't know anything about it, or they just want a culling of the so-called undesirables. I mean, in the end, this is just a sci-fi movie, but this is not a good mindset to have, like... Even in moderation, I think history bears me out on that. So that, that anyway, that's why Th Thanos was right as bullshit. Complete garbage. We did it, guys! <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just because a villain shows humanity does not mean you have to even just agree with him, him in part. Because he is so completely wrong, and they eventually touch on that in Endgame. Yeah, like, if there's any MCU villain that's right, I guess we can argue Killmonger. But even then, it's more like, Killmonger has a point. Not Killmonger was right. Yeah, that's, that's still why he was one of the better villains. Of that's the still MCU. why he's one of yeah. the stronger villains. But Thanos is also a really strong villain. It's just that his thinking into that issue is incredibly fucked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and kind of another thing that I wanted to touch on real quick, and this is kind of uh, I'm struggling on how to interpret this scene was when he sacrifices Gamora. Yeah, it's which a, it's is a, a very controversial scene. Yeah. It's yeah, it's one of those where like on one hand. Especially considering what we know after. That's the yeah. thing. I don't know if it worked on me. To get the Soul Stone, Thanos has to go to Vormir, where the Red Skull, who is like the guardian of the stone or whatever, tells him that he needs to sacrifice what? something that he loves. And so he brings Gamora with him, and he tosses Gamora off a cliff. And it was a really stirring moment, like in cinematography, cinematic graphic. What the fuck? Cinematography. Cinema Cinematography-wise. Cinematography-wise, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's an emotional moment for sure, but I have a problem with how it's framed, I guess. It's framed as, despite Thanos' faults, he really did love his children. But the thing is, Thanos is very clearly an abuser. Well, it's not even that exact, that he loves Gamora specifically. Yeah, but even any like person who has researched child abuse will tell you that an abusive parent or parental figure doesn't actually love anybody they're abusing. And it's really weird to frame it that way. Mm -hmm. Because let's say that an abusive parent takes their child to see Infinity War, and they see that scene. Well, then that could be interpreted as being the justification for their abuse. Like, even though I'm rough with you, I still love you. And in that way... It could be seen as a sort of justification for abuse. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's, a, it's one of the it's one of the problems. I don't yeah. know if that's how the Russo's intended it to. Oh, go. I don't I highly doubt it. I don't really care. No, in, in no. And what matters is no what they did. Yeah, exactly. Like I I don't think they did, but I think yeah, you're right. It doesn't really matter. What matters is how people end up receiving it. Yeah, and it's one of those moments where I sat there with it, like, okay. When I was watching this scene. I kind of, I remember being, because like, if you think of like the music in the background, that like the score, the how it's shot, it's it's very, a very emotional scene. Yeah. A very deep and supposed to be sad scene. And what I remember very specifically when I was watching it, that I didn't really, I couldn't really connect to that because one, I, I didn't, I knew there was going to be a, a follow-up movie endgame. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know if she was going to come back alive or not. Yeah. And I feel like that takes away kind of from the scene. Because you go and thinking, oh no, she's just gonna come back in Endgame. I don't. I yeah, don't, but I, we we can say that about and the like, end of the movie. Too. Like, yeah. we don't know this, like, at, or anything to do with any of this, right? And like when we're watching, like, I was watching the movie. I was like, is she gonna come back? Is she not? I don't know. Yeah. But it, 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 it that's what I'm getting at is it takes away from that sincere, you know, father's killing his daughter moment. 
Yeah, but I think so does the aspect of child abuse. Well, yes, but like I'm just I'm just and saying the fact that, that it, the villain I, isn't a, I just I feel like person. I feel like I'm not yeah. the only I feel like I'm not the only one who saw that scene and didn't like cuz that scene is clearly supposed to make you f- feel and like maybe if you're really like hardcore tear up a little bit. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite musical themes in like any movie when she gets thrown off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's a really nice. Like yeah, but like I feel like I said I feel like I'm not the only one who saw that scene and just went, "Eh, okay." I I, went I was really surprised in the theater. I I, I was, oh, yeah. I yeah. was surprised. I thought they might because this is Marvel and there's no stakes in these movies whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And then there was. And then, <laughs> and then, and then there was. And then there was. And, uh, yeah, so one quick thing I want to talk, uh, talk about with Peter Quill is the controversy behind his punching Thanos in the face. Yeah, because people are nitpicky assholes and God forbid he's, they actually accept the humanity of characters. He's human. Yeah. He's very human. He's very, very <laughs> human. It's almost like that's a major threat of his character. <laughs> it's almost like it's a major threat of these movies. Is like there's still a shred of humanity to these people despite their superhuman abilities. Yeah, exactly, like, who fucking knew? It's almost like all of these characters are massive fuck-ups exactly, in one like, way or like, another. Exactly. He loves Gamora, as is said earlier in the film. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you think you've lost that love of your life. Especially when you're especially, a man-child. Especially when you have the brain of a 15-year-old. It's it's it makes complete sense that he reacted how he did. Yeah, like how would you feel if your girlfriend was killed by her father and you found out from her father who's gloating about it? Her abusive father. Her abusive father who's essentially gloating about it. I think this kind of touches on like a major problem in general public film criticism. Let's call it or media criticism. The dumbass general public. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. But people who maybe think that they're being smarter than they are. I mean, cinema sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hashtag it, call out fuck. Yeah, I mean they suck. <laughs> uh, they think that because a character didn't act as they would, because of course they are the arbiters of what is rational or not, and that wrong. means the movies the movie is flawed. Without taking into account that if the characters are human, humans are imperfect. Humans do not act logically or rationally one hundred percent of the oh, time. Oh yeah, no, but we're like we're all Vulcan, obviously, right? We're completely all logical thinkers one hundred percent of the time, right? That's how it works. Yeah, yeah I of but, course right? would have given that abusive dickhead father of my dead girlfriend a hearty handshake <laughs> and wished him well in his trial. <laughs> High five! <laughs> so proud of you. Finally, I don't have to put up with that bitch no more. <laughs> That's exactly what Peter would have done. Then I would have put on my fedora and gone back to watching Rick and Morty. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have a very high IQ to understand why Peter Quill's decision was bad. (laughs) It was a bad decision, but that's the point. Well, I do see why people get upset, even though it's a stupid thing to get upset about. Because if he doesn't punch him in the face, they can get the gauntlet off, right? And that would have prevented him from doing the snap. Mm -hmm. Which is the climax of the movie. Which is, you know, like he wipes out half of all life, all living creatures across the universe. Which is just a ridiculous... Incredibly movie. depressing. Like, super it's, depressing. Especially the end is just overwhelmingly... Just has an overwhelming sense of futility. Well, I don't know if you notice is that, like, throughout the movie, there's always a, a sort of sort of a background. There's, like, a, like, there's music, or there's, like, a machine going or something. Yeah, or something some like, kind of it's thing. It's just pure silence. It's complete yeah. silence, except for some dialogue. Yeah, little yeah. bits of dialogue here and there. But it is mostly complete silence. It's it's as if the Roosters are going, let this sink in. Yeah. yeah. It's probably one of the 
best things I've seen in the MCU. Because it's... even though you know a lot of these characters are going to come back, mm-hmm. obviously Spider-Man, Spider-Man, because Far From Home comes out next month. Get hyped well. for Black Panther 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, Captain Marvel 11. Yeah. Jesus. The 11th one. <laughs> yeah, that's the title. <laughs> Avengers, here we go again. <laughs> Who are we kidding? We're going to watch them. <laughs> yeah, so that snap happens. And everyone dies. It's complete silence. And then you get this gorgeous shot of Thanos in a place he calls the Garden, where he's, I think you said earlier, so I, uh, watch the sunset on our grateful universe is yeah. the line he uses. Very much like a Nazi war criminal. In very Argentina. much. Very much. <laughs> yeah, but you get a golden scene and he's just saying something and he smiles and it cuts. And that's the end of the film. And then uh, this leads us actually, this leads us actually into uh, Endgame. We're in the Endgame now, boys. <laughs> which is actually said in the second Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah. the word Endgame is used in Avengers Age of Ultron, which I'm pretty sure we if you go back, Actually, if it's funny, because if you go back and watch all these, like, if you're a really hardcore MCU fan, you go and watch them in chronological order, you can find these little bits where it's like, oh, there's a little shadow foreshadowing, there's a little hint that this is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah because a lot of these, yeah, because a lot of them just blatantly set this up. Just quickly while we're on that, um, topic the first avengers movie especially is like very accessible for people who like maybe don't watch other mcu stuff mm-hmm. i would say infinity war and endgame are definitely not that no you like, need you, to know what's going on yeah you're not going to know what's going on if you yeah haven't. at the very least watch infinity war yeah yeah i think infinity war is the minimum going into endgame that you need to watch mm-hmm. and i don't know i guess you could say that's a fault of the movies but i think it's just more of a industry thing yeah uh but anyway let's talk about endgame yeah. Before we go into Avengers Endgame, Stefan, Brandon, Chris Aranta, thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down, thumbs fucking up, way up, thumbs up, We're thumbs good. so uh, hard. Up. We, hard I think up. we all three out of three. We all recommend this movie. Yes, hundred percent, definitely. I said I, I was telling you this earlier. I honestly think this is going to be the best movie of the year. The only way I would recommend, besides it, maybe Star Wars. I, I I don't know about best. I'm not ready to make that call yet. No, but... it's it's fucking April. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think I think I said Infinity War was going to be one of my favorites, and I don't think it it might not end up in my top twenty. I'm still watching a lot of movies from last year, I, although I think this is better than Infinity War. The only yeah. way I wouldn't recommend this is if you don't like superhero stuff in the first place, or if you haven't seen any of the previous movies. Yeah, or that. Yeah. Uh, in which case, just avoid these movies in general. Like you're not going to get anything out of them. But at, otherwise, yeah, this is like surprisingly like it surpassed my expectations. Well, the thing I find that was the best parts of this movie is that. The payoffs of everything that have been leading up these last ten years are fantastic. Yeah, like on point every time. I can't think of an arc that wasn't resolved. Well, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like I guess, I guess let's start from the beginning of the movie. Let's start. Uh, so opening okay, scene. So let me do my thing. Let, let's. Yeah, let's, let's just quickly spoilers from here on out. Yes. Avengers Endgame, also directed by the Russo brothers, was released in 2019, and it is a direct sequel to Avengers: Infinity War. After Thanos has. Thanos to the world. Uh, <laughs> the original Avengers, along with a few tagalongs, are now in a rebuilding phase and have come to accept that the people they lost will never come back until a glimmer of hope appears in the form of Paul Rudd, <laughs> who then happens to crawl into Thanos's ass. And okay, we're gonna cut that. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's keep that. <laughs> that was like one of the biggest fan theories too. It was so oh, funny. Oh yeah, no, it was. It yeah, was, it was, Man's was gonna like, climb inside his butthole. <laughs> And expand into Mega Ant Man, I mean, and no, he's gonna turn into a million I mean, pieces. People actually think that were, people didn't think that was actually gonna happen, right? No, I don't think anyone actually thought it was Go gonna ahead. happen. It was weird hearing Paul Rudd talk about it on Graham Norton. This yeah. movie stars everybody who has ever been in a movie, 
And <laughs> spo- and going into spoilers now, uh, Thanos dies within the first 15... Well, within maybe not 15. Half an hour. Within yeah. the first let's, half an hour. Let's, let's, let's explain this quick. So, <laughs> events of uh, Endgame start immediately after the events of Infinity War. Pretty much, like, yeah. Within like a, maybe a day. Yeah, a couple maybe. days. Like a week, maybe. And so they're trying to find out where Thanos is so they can try and fix this because they're all shaken and stuff like that. And they find that when Thanos snapped his fingers and used the power stones, he created an energy pulse on the on the Earth that spread across the universe. And they found that the same kind of signature happened two days ago in their time uh, on a different planet. And so they go to that planet, and that's that's the garden planet that Thanos is at, and they end up finding him and ask, like they kill him. Well, no. What happens before that is they well, go, "Where yeah. are the fucking stones?" Yeah. And Thanos goes, yeah, "Destroyed he, them." He and then them. Thor goes, "Okay," cuts his head off. And then he makes... He went, for the, he went for the head? Yeah, he went for the head this time because, like, when he stabs Thanos in... Mm-hmm. At the end of Infinity War, Thanos says, should have gone for the head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did. So to have Thor just chop his fucking head off and him go, and that, and the that, this time. And that's a yeah. really emotional scene in the movie because that's, I guess, you know, you get these kind of the shots of all these characters, all the characters that are in that room and they're kind of just... You, you see the realization, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. lost. Everyone is gone. We're done. Continuing yeah. the theme of everything being futile. And it's yeah. it's just fantastic. It's it's a little bit of action right at the beginning of cutting off of the head, but there's yeah. nothing yeah. And then for the, like an hour. Yeah, yeah, then the next hour from there is just... It's a post-apocalyptic slice-of-life anime. Yeah, like it's, it's just a heavy drama. And I really... I looked over at you, I want to say about an hour into the movie, I went, if they keep this up, this might be my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> well, it's good, too, because it, uh, after that scene where Senos dies, it has to get this, this cut, which is five years later. Yeah. And so this all is actually happening in 2024. Something yeah. like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the canon I am gleaming from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, about 2023, every, every character has grown, I would say, into the role that everyone thinks they would. Black Widow was now the head of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Or uh, whatever. Or whatever the no, equivalent gonna, is. Or, yeah, the security place. Uh, and Bruce Banner is the Hulk, but he's still Banner as the Hulk. and he's Yeah, he's, he's like he, that like mix of both. Mix of both. He's the best of both parts. He's you know? the best of both parts, I think he says in the movie. And then, yeah. you know, he's just getting like fan picks. Well, and, yeah. Captain America, Which is Cap. lovely. Captain America is a freaking guidance counselor. Yeah, Captain America is a guidance like counselor. You get this beautiful AA meeting shot. Yeah, like he's just... a yeah he's he's helping people deal with their trauma and their grief. Hawkeye lost his family in the snap and is now oh, yeah, Ronan yeah. and yeah. is murdering criminals. Oh yeah, so style. yeah, that, I forgot that we, like, it doesn't it doesn't start with everyone we're looking at it. It starts yeah, no. with Hawkeye. It starts with Hawkeye play, uh, teaching his daughter how to shoot a bow, and his son, the other two sons are in the background playing catch, and his wife's making lunch or whatever. And then they all just disappear. Yeah. And then it cuts to the new team, and then five years later, whatever it was, and you see him, and he's just wrecking this Chinese mafia, or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, because the music, whatever the hell it is, just fucking them up. I think my favorite part about that opening scene with Hawkeye is you get a lot of these initial like establishing shots that he's under house arrest because you can see the bracelet on the well, thing on his ankle. Because he took yeah. the same deal as Scott Lang. Yeah. With mm-hmm. uh, the house arrest thing, Except yeah. Scott just I guess got an earlier sentence or something. Yeah, he probably got out earlier. For us to really understand it, we'd have to rewatch Ant Man and the Wasp, and I don't think any of us particularly want to do that. Well, Thor's an alcoholic. Thor is an alcoholic. He's Thor is a sweaty, panting leather daddy. Of- <laughs> 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 and everyone loves it. He's the, he the big, Le- the big Lebowski. Huge beard on the long hair. His gut is the size of a small basketball. I literally all he had to do was <laughs> yeah. just say that the rug tied the whole room together. Yeah. That's all he had to do. Oh. 
fucking hanging out in I, kind of an apartment, drinking beer and just blazing it which, up. Uh, and with we, we Korg and him. Meek, the only good Marvel characters. <laughs> <laughs> Korg and, and, and Meek. He's having, and he's having an Xbox Live fight with some like 12 year old <laughs> Fortnite. That is the most incredible and relatable thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was... <laughs> My favorite part of the endgame was when Thor had a heated gamer moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You find him too. He he's supposed to be in the new Asgard, the new Asgardian villages, which is essentially Asgard. New England. Yeah, yeah it's basically yeah. And then yeah, Valkyrie's there and stuff like that, and she doesn't end up fighting until later. But it's it's supposed to be the new Asgard, right? And so he's ruling everybody, and he's ruling as this. <laughs> Once a month he comes out, and that's it. Yeah, for beer run, yeah. Yeah, beer run, as Valkyrie basically puts it, without saying the words beer run. Well, and the reason, the reason he's like that is because he's not like that at the beginning of the movie. He's very anger-driven and wants to get revenge, and he yeah. feels like they never went down. You know? And then when you get that shot of him, and he's all... Oh, he's up. a fucking schlub. Yeah. He's he's a uh, he's a four year old who lives in his mom's basement still. Because <laughs> revenge didn't actually benefit him. No, no not because right. it, never anything, does. it made it worse. <laughs> no, it, yeah. It, yeah, it just solidifies that empty hole in your heart, right? Because when like people start talking to him about it, he starts either crying or getting really angry. Yeah, exactly. And he, and then the, everything he's all the trauma he's experienced in the last ten years. Yeah. Over the come, course of come, Ragnarok and Infinity War. Not even just Ragnarok, either. Well, well, yeah, Dark World as well. Dark World. Because in, in, in Thor The Dark World, <laughs> his mother dies, which is the only thing you really need to just know Just in case you forgot about Thor The Dark World. Like, we everyone it, it was surprisingly more important in this film than we realized. <laughs> yeah. His mother dying is a huge plot point for Thor. It's not like you need to watch Thor The Dark World anyway. The no. biggest accomplishment oh. of this movie is somehow making Thor The Dark World relevant. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like the only thing that are relevant of, the, of Thor The Dark World is the reality stone possibly jane foster jane foster's a proxy for the reality stone and then thor's yeah, mother died but yeah so, yeah it's just yeah, like and, and all the characters are kind of like that in that state of just fuck just like this is the end times if if you'll give that one to me it's post-apocalyptic kind of thing right it's yeah it's a post-apocalyptic dystopia movie. Well, yeah. well, exactly. Like you get that shot right before uh, the AA scene with Cap, where it's just it's it's the shot of the uh, the cities, and there's like city field is completely barren and empty. There's cars all mm. over the streets, everywhere yeah. gone. It reminded me a lot of Evangelion, because in Evangelion, the setup is that half the people in the world are dead. So there's a lot of shots of like very empty streets. Classrooms are always like a quarter full. And it's I kind of got that same vibe from this. Yeah, and it just it really gives you a, a sense of just how these people are feeling and what they're going through and like the hardships they're going through. And it really actually leads into Captain Marvel's arc really well because like everyone after when they first saw Captain Marvel, everyone's like, oh, she's the most powerful MCU character as according to the Russo brothers. Now everyone thought, oh, okay, so we got Captain Marvel, which uh, it was a movie. It had a cat. Yeah, <laughs> goose. It had Cthulhu. It had, it had a cat, and therefore it was better cat. than Endgame. No, but everyone thought everyone <laughs> thought that's like okay, well, she's gonna have a huge huge part in the MCU, and and everyone everyone worry was that it was gonna be too much that she was gonna be too much apart like yeah but she's barely in the movie and exactly and the the way the way that she just justifies that is by saying this is happening all over the universe there are thousands of planets yeah that have what's happening on earth happen to them and Mm -hmm. they don't have the avengers to help them with it i'm like that is the best fucking reason i've ever heard ever for that because it makes sense. I mean, you know where she's been for the entire movie. Yeah. You know what she's trying to help with. It, she's yeah, still like, there, but she has to help the thousands of other planets that the Avengers yeah, can't. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like she 
fucked off for two hours yeah. and it's, then came back. It's well, not. It's not that it's like a plot hole that like she's so powerful, but yet she wasn't with them. It's like because she's po- so powerful, she can't be with. Well, them. Exactly. It's like they don't have the guardians to defend the galaxy right now because they're exactly. all they're all gone. Yeah, they're all dead except yeah. for Rocket, who calls Mantis and get one with the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah no like it made complete sense why she wasn't there for a yeah. lot of the movie and i think they did a really good job at utilizing her the best they could well the way, well, the way they brought her back after that because you see oh, her for the, the first like 10 minutes and then you don't see her again for until like, almost the end of the movie yeah mm-hmm. what she does at the end of the movie is fantastic fucking, awesome. yeah. fucking yeah. just comes in like a batter to hell destroys the entire fleet she kind of has like a one-liner with spider-man right Hey, I'm Peter Parker. Brie hey, Larson. Parker. Brie Larson is very subtly charming. As very, yeah, she is. It ca- yeah. Like she's I, growing on me, honestly. Par- yeah, parts of the, Cap- the Captain Marvel the movie didn't like do her any favors. But and I think that's more to do with the writing and the directing. I, th- I think so too, because because Brie Larson is like very different from the others in that she does have some similar aspects of other MCU characters, in that she's very snarky and Quipana. very confident and quippy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because of the first movie, I, we still are waiting on a bit of backstory from her that like makes. Some sort of yeah, thematic like, sense. Was, yeah, but, the movie was didn't like it provided a backstory, but not it, the best backstory. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, no, like I think Brie Larson's a terrific actress, and yeah, no, the script didn't do her much favor. But like in here and in the first movie, and Captain Marvel, I should say, she's very quiet too. Like in her yeah. how she delivers lines, it's all very subtle, but it's all very sarcastic. Yep. Which I really appreciated, because it's not the same delivery as Tony, who's very smarmy. Yeah, no, uh, she was terrific. She's very just, blunt. And very, very like, blunt, yeah. And very, like, subtle facial expressions. Like, she doesn't actually emote too much, except uh, except for very small reactions. Like, after Mjolnir, or whatever the fuck that was, flies by her head. Oh, uh, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, you're right. Flies by her head, and she doesn't react, except to kind of narrow her eyes a little bit and smirk a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah like, I think that was great. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. There's like, Thor's like, all right, you're not afraid of me. I like her. But, you know, she should be smiling more, guys. Oh, God. Brie Larson, oh. what? Wh- Why <laughs> won't you date me? <laughs> the fucking internet, man. Jesus Christ. I don't even. Anyway. Was there that much discourse around Wonder Woman 2, or is it just Captain Marvel? Not really, because Wonder Woman, like, the difference was, was because Wonder Woman didn't, like, market itself so much as, like, a, a feminist movie, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. Captain Marvel did lean into it more. Yeah. Uh, one could. I, I'm not. I don't care about arguing which is the more feminist movie. I, I'm not. It doesn't matter. I don't care about that discussion. Matter. Captain Marvel leaned into it a bit more, which is why people like attacked it while saying, "Oh, the good thing about Wonder Woman was it did try to shove feminism in our face." God forbid, right? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that's what ended up drawing a lot of these shitlords to it. I don't even think the film marketed itself as a feminist movie. I think they were just really pissed off about. Brie Larson and her social views. Uh, yeah, because I think... Brie- and ultimately, I don't give a fuck what she thinks. Yeah. I mostly agree no, she's with one, yeah. She's one person. She's one person. Like, yes, she's a really popular person, but yeah. that doesn't mean you should get she's- so bitchy because she has an opinion on exactly. it. It's a very... Amer- it's a very... I don't want to say necessarily American, but a very modern thing where, like, people get really mad if, like, one celebrity doesn't have the same view as you. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's really stupid. Like, none of us walked into Captain Marvel, worked up over what Brie Larson said about A Wrinkle in Time. Well, like the, and then yeah. that movie was, like, one of the ones that, like, that's the only Marvel movie I've gone into with, like, the preamble of, like, oh, this might be a political movie. Right? And yeah, and because that's, that's some undertone. And, and yeah, that's well, some undertone, well, sort of, but it wasn't so, really. Well, Endgame had, a cu- like, a couple as well. Not, yeah, not yeah. really. Like, there's the one the one scene uh, in the big, in the climax and the big fight scene where you get Doctor Strange up in one of those portal things and all these, all, all the female, every single female character comes out. Pepper, Scarlet Witch, Scar- Wasp. Wasp, 
Everybody. Yeah, very nice of Doctor Strange to set up that photo op, by the way. Yeah, very, it is, and then Pepper with her uh, rescue. Iron Pepper, as I like to call rescue, her. Rescue, I think, is like the name in the comics of Pepper. Is that, is that her? Oh, okay. It's whatever. It's a lame fucking name. That is a lame yeah. name. I <laughs> like Iron great. Pepper better. Yeah. Iron Pots. Iron Pots. Nice. <laughs> Pepperman. Pepper <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for Saltman to come out. I can't be your Pepperman. <laughs> I can't be your Pepperman. <laughs> Y'all like those M M&M and M deep no, cuts? But like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but like that, that was that was that was the scene. If anything, if anything, that would have been the scene that'd be controversial. I mean, yeah, if I'm anything, sure, and sure. it, it really shouldn't. Be. I'm sure these people are gonna get really upset about it. It but... reminded me of the No Man's Land scene from Wonder Woman in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it. I don't think it has the same emotional payoff as the No Man's Land scene, but. It doesn't have to. Like no. it's still a really solid scene on its own. Well, like, yeah. that's like I guess that kind of leads in to the cinematography of this movie. Jesus Christ, it's gorgeous. it is fucking phenomenal. Like, because Marvel movies like have a track record of being like kind of ugly. <laughs> like, well, they not, not ugly, like, colorful. Yeah, not They're like boring. Yeah, not like DCU like mud colored. Yeah. But uh, like Marvel's very bland. Yeah, like it's very Winter, bright. But Winter very bland. Soldier and Civil War are very gray sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whereas it's only stuff like Guardians or Thor Ragnarok that are like very colorful and almost psychedelic. Yeah, Yeah, the the very the the space the cosmos ones where they can really play around with whatever with the physics. Even with Captain Marvel, like it looked very vibrant and great too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For a ninety, especially the climax. For a movie that's for movie that's set in the nineties, yeah, especially. And then there's the Whedon Avengers movies where they're shot almost like a TV episode, which we mentioned in the last episode. So Mm -hmm. the climax was just. Chef's My fucking kiss. Favorite fucking shot in the entire movie is all of them coming out of the portals. Well, that is one of them, yes, but it's not my favorite. My favorite is when Thanos is on one of the field and Cap is on the other. Oh my god, and that was yeah, cool. that was really it's, cool. It, they're about a football field length apart, and then it's it's panned out so it's like Cap is about the size of a Lego figure, mm-hmm. and like and it's just this huge scene where on the far right it's complete darkness and there's a a, a shit like a, a armada just in, yeah. about to invade Earth and on the left there's the slightest bit of light where Cap is and it kind of that, that light versus dark good versus evil kind of thing. It's so good because it's just like it really gets that sense of this is again impending doom. We're all about to die. He just blew up the Avengers base. Like everyone's almost dead. And then you get that gorgeous scene, and then the fucking Doctor Strange scene happens. Yeah, and then everyone comes out. And everyone back. comes out, and it's like, we have an army now. I hate it when people clap in movies, or cheer, or really lose their shit. Aww. Unless I feel like the payoff is super well-earned. What about the payoff we got in this movie? Super well-earned. Super like, well-earned. I was actually surprised like nobody in our theater was like, fuck yeah! I did. I was like, <laughs> yes! No, I didn't hear anybody. I literally, it was just fucking radio silence. So... They have to find the Infinity Stones throughout time in order to... That's their plan to fix... Uh, yeah, they call it To fi- bring everybody back after they've killed Thanos the first time. Yeah. Okay, so at this point, oh, yeah, they've sorry. already come back. They've yeah, already sorry. Thor, Thor goes back to the events of the Dark World. He sees his mother who has died. And he also, while he's there, calls out Mjolnir, his hammer, which was destroyed by Hyla. But this is before that, so he still has it. And he still he holds it. He's still worthy. And he goes back and he brings it with him. Yeah. Right. So now he has Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. And as he's fighting Thanos in this one of these scenes... He drops Mjolnir and eventually just starts keeps, keeps fighting Thanos. And then you get this one scene where it just pans off to Mjolnir and Mjolnir's floating up the ground ever so slightly. Everyone's like, wait, what the fuck's going on? And it zooms across and fucking Captain America catches it. And the theater collectively lost its shit. I don't think our theater lost its shit. 
Yes. Were you do not remember? I mean, it was. I, it was I, a pretty like loud theater after that too. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like yeah, <laughs> yes, finally. Oh fuck, Steve. Captain <laughs> <laughs> America. And it's funny because when he catches it, Thor's like, "I knew it!" Because uh, in, yeah. in the Age of Ultron, he, he tend, and they have that yeah. competition or whatever. He yeah. moves it a little bit, uh, and so now Captain America is now worthy of ruling Asgard. Of course, he is. but with, he with America's ass. He, he ends up <laughs> with America's ass. <laughs> I, I really like like they usually keep the same kind of move sets too throughout the movies. Like in the first uh, Avengers movie, when Thor and Captain and Iron Man all meet in that field for the first time, and Thor hits the shield. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Black Widow always has the. Uh, Kind of spinny, yeah, exactly. The spinny moves, yeah. Well, like, even, and even in the this one, Cap has the Mjolnir and the, and the shield fighting Thanos. He yeah. throws the shield, throws the hammer, fucking smacks Thanos with a huge sound wave, and then brings them both back. Like, it's just like, it okay, was such a fuck yeah moment, such yeah. a fucking payoff. And that's and, then, and that's like one of the many that are in this movie. And then everyone comes out of the Doctor Strange floodgates, and you're just like, yep, this is awesome. Yep, I love it. It's yeah. it's so so good. Yeah, the only time I've been. The last time I was that hyped in a theater was when I was watching Get Out. Oh, God, that's a good movie. Oh, watch it with the crowd. It's incredible. I think my favorite, like, scene in the movie, it's a very short one, and this is mostly from an aesthetic purpose, but, like, right when, after um, the scene in Vormir, where it's just Hawkeye, like, against the sky, and, like, there's kind of the moon that's the molded. Yeah, after he gets the stone or whatever. I think, because Vormir by itself is, like, an incredible location incredible just location. like visually speaking and it was like that in infinity war but something about after especially after what happens in that scene by the way black widow is dead uh <laughs> oh, Bla- black widow why are we saying this as if people haven't seen the movie yet? Sac- <laughs> spoiler warning Sac- yeah. black widow sacrifices herself instead of barton to get the soul stone and she is dead yeah she's she's dead she's dead. done she folks. is done she is toast because apparently according to red skull it's irreversible you hate to see it folks however and this is just my theory. It, oh, does, it, it did say... <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it did say it was five years later, right? So she dies in 2024. So technically they could have a, black, a spin-off Black Widow movie if they wanted to do that. I don't see it happening. But yeah. they could. They do have that opportunity. The next, yeah. the Black Widow movie should just be her lying dead for two hours. I want to see... <laughs> I want to see... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, while Simon and Garfunkel's Sounds of Silence plays in the background Jesus. for two hours on loop. As opposed to Infinity War and Ultron, which were very action-heavy. I mean, because the first half of this movie has, like, no action whatsoever. None. Uh, it has a lot of character moments. Like every Avengers movie before it, but unlike the Whedon movies, which are very jokey and quippy, but still established character, and the Infinity War, which is mostly characters that we already knew that were just kind of quipping and then moving along with the story. This one, like... Has a lot of really, like, interesting character building stuff, mostly because of the time skip. And there are jokes. Like, if you want jokes, you got jokes. You want time travel jokes, you got time travel jokes. You got time travel jokes. I never thought I'd hear a hot tub time machine reference in a $200 million big budget movie for babies. Right? Rhodey is a man of culture. Rhodey is a man of culture. Rhodey is a man of art. The way he almost chef-kissed hot tub time machine was incredible. Yeah. It's all very somber. Like, yeah. even when they quip, there's always a very an underlying tension. And, like, the thing with the Thor gag is that there's still that undercut of, like, it's kind of funny because he's pathetic. It's kind of funny because he's just a loser now. Yeah, it's like and one of those... because the trauma is kind of... It, it does a really good job at balancing tones in this movie. Yes. And I had that issue with Infinity War, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. But in this one, they balance the tones so much better. And it's because they do give everyone a lot of time to just kind of... 
reflect on what the fuck well, happened it, and what well, the exact, gonna exactly do. right like the humor is more of a hey i'm just trying to lighten the mood you know yeah like, it definitely so, is. We're, all, it's, we're all depressed and shit but yeah here's you know a joke laugh haha <laughs> it never feels inappropriate no hmm. i also think it was a good idea to focus on the core avengers yeah yes. as, as plus like rocket and nebula and a bit of captain marvel like we're gonna get way more spider-man way more black panther way more captain marvel but it's the end for these guys yeah and we want to see how it ends and i think it does it mostly good like hawkeye's threat of being somebody who like he's just over it and he oh. wants out and i really like what they did with nebula too her whole uh connected network consciousness thing that's how they tied uh the old Thanos to come to the future right? nebula as a character has really grown on me over the movies yeah, yeah well you used to, you really see the change in her too because you see past nebula and current nebula and they're just completely different like yeah. to a degree obviously yeah, yeah. it's amazing nebula. how much that character's grown over five years. well exactly like she reconnected with her sister gamora she's gone against thanos she's now a uh, part of the avengers and the guardians of the galaxy yeah like huge difference and then when you see her old self just wanting to please Thanos, you feel sad for that version. You're like, no, she's evil. What are you doing? Fuck. Yeah. And then, of course, as we said earlier, Black Widow's dead. We're going to just yeah. jump past Black, that. Black, Black, Widow Widow. Black Widow is dead. And it's really sad, but it's like it's way it has a quite a bit more impact. than It has I, a lot more impact than Thanos throwing Gamora off the cliff because, yeah. you know, with with Black Widow and Hawkeye. They're fighting over who's gonna jump first. Yeah, because yeah. over who sacrifices themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. like who's gonna kill themselves for the greater good first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like all Black Widow's main theme throughout these movies has been, I want to get the red out of my ledger. Yeah. I want to do something that redeem at least Redeems goes me. towards redeeming me because she's been d- doing such awful things for her entire life. Well, exactly. Like, well, if you say if you were like a third party. Red Skull gave you the choice. Choose one of these two to kill. Would you change your choice? Because I don't think I would. One, Barton has a family. And, like you said, she's been trying to clean the red from her ledger this entire time. Yeah, but she had a Hulk dick. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if you had to choose between pounding the Hulk or having a family. Pounding the Hulk. Okay, let's be honest. Where, where, was, where was that art, art gonna go? Possibly. In Everybody that Bruce Banner has ever loved or tried to be with has either left him or died. Did Betty Ross die in Incredible Hulk? No, no, I can't. no but she um, left. Essentially, yeah. like, essentially, she's not there anymore. So, yeah. well, I, I, sh- I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say they left. He leaves. Yeah, yeah. and and stays away from everybody to protect them. Yeah, yeah. Hence, and so yeah, like when everyone's time. like, oh, like, I completely ship the, like Bruce Banner and Black Widow, hundred uh, percent. At least, at least, in, at least in the terms of these movies. I I, I agree. Although Bruce I don't Widow. see any way it was ever gonna end not tragically. Yeah, no, exactly. Because right. Hulk Hulk is a tragic character. Hulk, Hulk is Frankenstein's monster. Well, I don't know. He's Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Uh, and he's just a tragic character in Black Widow. Will probably never do anything that in her mind would re- would redeem herself. Yeah. But, like, this was her at least trying to do at least part of that. Mm-hmm. And it, it pays off, I think. I think yeah. so, yeah. And, like, I I had more of an emotional connection to that scene than I did Thanos throwing Gamora off the Well, it's, yeah. it's a good thing, too, because you really see the connection between Clint and, and Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. And, like, how that has developed over the four Avengers movies. Because they don't have their own movies. No. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it, so, like, they mentioned Budapest again. On mm-hmm. the way to on the way to Vormir, which is uh, a throwback to the first Avengers, yeah. Uh, so it really, it really solidifies that connection they have. And when Red Skull says, "You have to get the stone, you must lose that which you love," mm-hmm. which is nice. Everyone thought originally it's like, "Oh, you actually have to love that person as like a, like a daughter or a father or, or wife, a loved, loved one. one." 
but it's clearly not just that. It's any kind of love. It's friendship. Yeah. It's mm. it's companionship. Stuff like that. Yeah, which that, I thought was really nice tone. Sometimes it's okay to be just friends with women. Why won't Brie Larson date me? <laughs> Brie Larson, date me! <laughs> uh, my phone number is uh, 780. <laughs> <laughs> my my Tinder account is... <laughs> you can follow me on Pornhub at... <laughs> Chris Brie Pops. Larson, why won't you date me? Anyway, send emails to whitegenocideisreal at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Cut! <laughs> no! Oh, Keep it in! No, no. Keep it in, you cowards! Keep it in! Oh, that's so much. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, who's, who's that? I'm a nice guy! <laughs> Follow me on Pornhub at you like jazz! What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. I work at Krusty Burger! Okay, fucking. Everything fucking... is the Simpsons. Captain America! Captain America! Captain America. America's ass. America's ass. I'd like to shut out Penwell real quick. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, my yeah. God, okay, <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. You I'll explain, you explain it, Chris. Okay, okay. So Chris Penwell, who was on last week and was supposed to be on this week and unfortunately couldn't make it. Let's play back the clip, shall we? Chris, you were saying how that Captain America might be sent back in time and potentially go with Agent Carter. Yeah. Which I think would be a. It'd be a fitting end. For I think it'd be a very fantastic end fit. What I would say is, like, Captain America would fix Hydra. Uh, the Hydra within S.H.I.E.L.D., so he'd try to oust mm. them out of that, that organization. Okay. So that's probably what I'd see sense. from it. An- another like, thing... It, it wouldn't uh, disrupt the current canon because that happened already. Before, yeah. you know, so it's mm-hmm. just, time travel's weird. So, he predicted that Captain America was going to return to his old time and grow older and we'll see him as old man Cap. And dance with fucking Agent Carter. And uh, dance with Agent Carter. Carter. Yeah. And he was right, bitch! On the fucking t- <laughs> on, to a T. On like, point. Like, yeah. fucking T. He even got who he yeah. passes the shield to. Correct. Hold Sam on. Wilson. Sam Wilson, which is obvious. Yeah. But Yeah, he yeah he got the yeah, he got that right. Like, 100% correct oh that, my God. Like, I was... that Falcon was gonna take the shield. Well, it's funny because when he was like, when he, uh, that scene where he's like, okay, I'm going to go back by myself, I'm like sitting there like, oh, Chris, you dirty fucker. <laughs> he <laughs> called it. I'm like, you right? called it, didn't you? <laughs> and then I saw it happen. I'm like, oh, what a call. Oh, God, that hurts. It was just, it was, such, it was a really good moment. It was a really good moment, yeah. Well, it's, it's cause, especially because the, the last scene of the movie is you see him and Peggy dancing. Yeah. And it That's is the most heartwarming and a wholesome thing ever. Yeah. It's so so good but what warmed my heart more is that old man cap was played by clint eastwood clint incredibly <laughs> well fucking chris evans yes beautifully into the racist guy from gran torino <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for sam to sit down with him hey cap get off my lawn <laughs> i don't think it really could have ended any other way i mean i guess you could have like had cap do a heroic sacrifice but I think it kind of gets to the part where this is a problem in comic books where if you kill people, it, like if your first thought, oh, we need a dramatic end to this person's arc, kill them. Well, it's like, like you don't yeah. need to kill people to end their arc. You do get exactly. that sense though earlier in the film, yeah, uh, when he's fighting Thanos and Thanos is. I want to know whatever the hell Thanos' sword is made of, by the way, because he can cut through Cap's fucking shield. Yeah, like yep. he cuts really it in cool half, that. and you you think back to that scene in the first. Uh, I can't remember if it's the first or second Avengers movie. Where Tony gets that vision of everyone dead. Yeah, yeah. And Cap's shield is cracked down the middle. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. And you know, it's that torn battlefield kind of scene. It's dark. It's light. It's, yeah. It's like, oh, he could, Cap could actually die here. But he doesn't. Yeah. But, and I'm really glad it doesn't happen. It was a really 
smart, sweet, and just pay pure off. way to pay off and end his arc. Speaking of smart and sweet, let's talk about Thanos. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> smart for Fuck sure. you! Smart for sure, sweet not smart. <laughs> Fuck you! Speaking of sweet daddy Thanos. <laughs> sweet, sweaty, panting leather daddy Thanos. Oh dear god. <laughs> Finally, we have something to masturbate to tonight. No, that, no, that will always be Thor. Guys, I've been masturbating gone. this entire time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to tie this in a bit to what we were saying about Thanos earlier. Where Thanos... Might have convinced himself that he's doing his mission for altruistic motives, but really he's just kind of a, a, geno- psychopath. a genocidal a control freak. Asshole. Well, yeah, it's because, so a big part of this movie is that Thanos from the past comes to the future. Yeah. Uh, through the quantum... Uh, time quantum, travel bullshit. Yeah, time yeah. travel stuff that they set up early in the film. And he, and he also, he brings on his entire fleet, he brings Gamora from his time, he brings Nebula from his time, which is how they bring Gamora back, by the way. Which was done a lot better than what Which I was. Yeah, it was done a lot better. Well, than it, it makes it it's interesting, right? Because it's like, oh, she's not the same one that Quill knows. She's different. And at the end of the movie, she's, they're looking for her. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what Guardians goes. 3, The Search for Gamora. But yeah, so he comes through the, the to the future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, and Fuck yeah. you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> he comes to the future because he's like, oh, all six Infinity Stones are in the future. So why not just go right there and get it, right? Thanos sees... What ha- what is happening? Right, right, right. Okay, and uh, he shit. Kind of realizes right. the consequences of his actions. Yeah, none of the problems that were in his mind caused by overpopulation are actually resolved yeah. because it even as counting the fact that those power structures are still in in place, people want to go will relentlessly try to bring back the past yeah, before like you said earlier the same systems that were in place before the problem are still there yeah yeah right and so he has this thing now where it's, it turns from i just want to save the world save the universe to everyone is wrong everyone's gonna just try and resist resist against this ideal and so i have to kill everybody and like everybody and yeah. make a new world in my image he and basically that, wants to become god yeah. capital g and that's the logical end point of his worldview because it's never going to be enough for him to just kill half that's not how these things work. Half yeah, the especially half, half, the half of the half. Especially yeah. towards the end when he says killing the Avengers will be the first time it feels really personal for him. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Like enjoy it's it. clear he's going. It's yeah. clear that he gets off on this. Yeah, and and you could tell like in Infinity War that he enjoyed inflicting violence and harm on others. It's just he kind of coded it in this veneer of altruism, and in this one, like he straight up admits, like, "Oh no, I'm going to enjoy this." He yeah. gives. A fucking foot long knife to a fucking six year old. All well a fucking like Khmer Rouge style culling of the unworthy is going on in the background. Up top! Yay, genocide! Oh, Woo! Jesus. White genocide is real at Gmail. <laughs> okay. That's our P.O. box. <laughs> anyway, in my mind, that's the perfect middle finger to the Thanos is right idiots. Mm-hmm. Because. This is what Thanos has always been. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. You he can just co- doesn't want to tell you that. You can mm-hmm. coat this eugenicist murder in as much layers of, like, humanitarian doublespeak as you want, but it's still mass murder, mm-hmm. and it's not going to end with just those people. Yeah. How it ends, though. How it ends. Is yeah. one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I want to talk about Let's it. talk about Tony. Let's talk about... The pinnacle of the MCU, the key point across all 10 films, all 10 years, 22 films. 11 years, 22 films. 11 years, 22 films. Tony Stark. Tony died in the most fantastic way 
I think was possible. Yeah. He's, he's fighting Thanos, trying to kill him, and right before that, he looks over at Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange gives him this the finger, the one finger. Like, this is the yep. one in the 14,605,000 mm-hmm. things I've gone through. And this is the one where we win. And he's like, oh shit. And so he goes and tries to fight Thanos, and in the middle of it, he eventually gets on top of the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And then he Thanos pushes him away, and Thanos is like about to snap his fingers again, right? About to, because and then you look over, he looks over, and all the stones are gone, and Tony has them on his on his Iron Man hand, and it's yeah. just like, oh fuck, okay. And he, the last thing he says before he snaps his fingers is, "I am Iron Man," yeah, which is a throwback to the first Iron Man movie, which is such a fan payoff a, and so nice. It's to, a great bookend. It's a fantastic end. And he snaps his fingers, and all Thanos' forces are disturbed, and himself, and Thanos himself are swept away in the the dust. Yeah, you know, a then, little bit of ironic karma there. And I just, then Tony I just, dies. I like Thanos' death because, like, he's just kind of nobody says anything, nobody quips at him. No, nope, he doesn't say anything. He just kind of sits down and, and like accepts, accepts that yeah. this was the consequence of like everything. It's almost just like shock disbelief. It, he, yeah. it looked like he was gonna break down crying. Oh, <laughs> he did, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so Tony is the only human to do so. Mm-hmm. Thanos did it and almost killed him. Yeah, when he destroyed it anyway. Hulk did it and he got really hurt, and so Tony obviously is going to die from doing this. Yeah, and he does it, and it is the saddest thing. Yeah, it is awesome because he wins the, win the battle, but then you get the shot of like he's dying on the battlefield, he's just laying down waiting, and Pepper shows up and she says, "We're going to be okay," and starts crying and stuff, and I'm like that really struck me. Yeah, because one, it talks about her and his daughter who he now has morgan stark is fucking adorable morgan stark is the most is the cutest kid yeah yeah she's referencing her her and his daughter she's referencing the avengers as a team as a whole she's referencing the world like the world will keep spinning without you you'll be okay you can rest yeah and i was like that is like even now i'm still like just fuck yeah it's so emotional and moving in in a sense this is the story of not only the death of tony stark but the death of tony stark's ego which has caused like which is a made thread line in like the greater cinematic universe movies has been Tony Stark insisting that he should be the one to protect everybody because like we touched on earlier in the previous episode Tony Stark Tony Stark Toki Stark <laughs> Pokey Stark Pokey Stark <laughs> yeah fucking Pokemon <laughs> Pokey Stark I choose you ego ego the Ayn Rand Pokemon um, <laughs> but I. Uh, because he's an he's an egomaniac, he insists that he needs to be the one to protect the world. Brain, well, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say it's just that. I'd yeah. say it's also because if you think like the first Iron Man film, mm-hmm. when he's trapped in the cave with uh, what's his face, but he gets the real Tony gets a real image of like this is how my weapons are hurting people. I've killed hundreds of people with the weapons that may not personally like, I haven't shot the gun, but I've given these weapons out. And they've been they've done a lot of destruction. So I feel he has he feels like he has to pay recompense for that and repair what he's broken yeah but that way but he does goes about it in like uh not great ways <laughs> no uh, not the great even ways. in within the same movie like as soon as he gets the finished iron man so he just goes to afghanistan and starts murdering militants and yeah. uh who are hurting innocent people well yeah but there's a very weird subtext about just an american deciding a very rich american deciding to get well i'm just gonna fucking oh, no, the, sub- <laughs> the subtext is clear as fuck yeah but like yeah yeah but, uh but it's specifically in the avengers and in civil war there's a running thread of tony stark uh wanting to kind of mold the world into his own conception of security mm-hmm. that's why he 
creates Ultron, and that goes about as wrong as you would imagine creating an AI would Which is go. referenced, actually, in Endgame as well, a yeah, suit of armor around the world. Yep, yep. Uh, Civil War, he tries really hard to enforce the Sokovia Accords, and that backfires horribly. And then in Infinity War, of course, nothing goes right in that movie. Though, and that kind of comes to a head at the beginning of this movie when he's just freaked out and he starts lashing out at people. But after that, he gets mostly what he wants. Like, as in, he ends up with Pepper and they have a daughter. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, th- I feel like the thing, like, one of the reasons he freaks out so much is that... So Peter Parker is basically, like, a son to him. Yeah. Like, well, he, he is the father figure... Peter Parker, he he has a very emotional connection to him. So when he loses that, when Peter dies in the in the Infinity mm-hmm. War, it just tears him to his core. Yeah, and he just he can't take it anymore because like yeah. he like that he he was the one person who he didn't want to lose besides Pepper and and his like really close people, right? Yeah, and he lost him, and that just wrecks his day. Yeah. Did you guys notice like when like Tony's looking at a picture of him and Peter, like there Peter's like giving a dumb smile and like but he's holding and he's holding like a plaque, but he's holding it upside down. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It so, it's so Peter. That's so funny. <laughs> I love I love Tom Holland. That is I mean he is a really good actor for, for yeah. Spider Man. He's perfect for yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, to, like Tony is the the center of the entire MCU. And that last scene, like 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 you touched on, is like it's the death of Tony Stark, but the death of Tony Stark's ego as well. The yeah. ego that has caused so much problems for him and the people around him. Oh, yeah. Because he, like, he lets it go. He lets go the fact that he got everything he wanted, yeah, but he's going to let it go anyway. Yeah. And then and... you get this, the last about, in the last 20 minutes of the movie, you get this beautiful funeral scene. Tony's first arc reactor he put in his chest, uh, where Pepper frames it and says, proof that tony stark has a heart yeah that is actually used in endgame mm-hmm. it puts put on a, one of those floating things on the river and sent on the river and it's a gorgeous shot and it's just it really pisses off the fans yeah and like it's like oh god that's such a throwback that's it, it really gives the image of like tony stark has been such a part of, of everyone's lives like not even just in the mcu but of just in like in real life yeah it's, he's been such an influence like robert Downey jr is tony stark yeah like no one else can play that guy. Yeah. No. Until Disney even ever. Until Disney recasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, you, you were gonna say something, Chris? Um, yeah, and I was gonna say it also pans over to everyone just kind of watching it float away, and you get like shots of everybody that's interacted with them. In everybody, the including the little kid from Iron Man Three. Yes. Yeah. I actually got asked that the other day. I was like, "Who the hell is that kid?" It's like it's the kid from Iron Man Three. Everyone's like. Oh, because I, I sat there and I, I was, was like, like yeah. "Yeah, we left the theater." Yeah. And I went, "You guys realize that was a kid from Iron Man 3, right?" And they're like, "Oh yeah." Da, da, da. And they're like, "Wait, that kid from Iron Man 3?" I'm like, "Yes." Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think Well, he doesn't look well because he's older so, now. He looks right? yeah. He's like what five, four, four years older. He's got to be about six years older than he was in yeah. yeah. Iron Man 3. He's, he's Iron older. 3. He's a lot older. But yeah. It's yeah. It's him. And you, yeah, so you get like the shots of Cap and the Shield team, and then you get uh. Black Panther and that that team. You yeah. get the kid from Iron Man three. You get Guardians. Pe- you get Guardians. You get his family. His family. You get Captain Marvel, and then right behind him, Nick Fury literally comes out of the shadows. Very Nick Fury esque, and and that, he doesn't say a single word the entire movie, but yeah, yeah he doesn't need to. No, no, no. And it's just it's absolutely fantastic. And then it just it just got me, dude. Yeah, it made me. I I, I was tearing up in the movie theater. We didn't even talk about Tony meeting his dad. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, yeah right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that Tony really meets Howard Stark. That's another like running thread with him. Was like Tony has. I mean, we'll simplify them and call them daddy issues. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of issues. But... Yeah. Well, because his family is so incredibly fucked up, and it was nice to see that resolved. What uh, the thing I liked about it too is that it gave 
Howard a lot of humanity more yeah. than because originally he was like oh he's just been a bad father he's a business tycoon he's work 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 yeah. work work and yeah. then this is like he's scared to be a dad he doesn't know how he's gonna do he's asking for advice he's talking like a regular human like it's just like it really connects you with him it felt yeah. genuine it, exactly it felt grounded felt, yeah but since we're running out of time are we oh, shit, wait wait okay. wait can I, can I just quickly reference the scene oh. where Hulk has to pretend to be mean Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> The best. Fuck it. Anyway, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. so since uh, we're since we're running out of time, and you know, I kind of want to get through this, and then we'll just end the episode pretty yeah. much right on this. Okay. okay, so now that this chapter of the MCU is over, where mm. do you guys see the MCU going from here? I could see. I would like to see actually because I know Disney Plus is going to have their low key kind of TV show. Uh, I like to see a Black Widow Hawkeye TV show. I, I would have liked to see that a while ago. I think well, I think yeah, all the all the development we needed for Black Widow was done in these movies. Yeah, there's yeah. No well, I, well, like no, and I see that. Like, or or perhaps maybe it's her and his exploitation in the five years of everyone being dead. Mm-hmm. Like that would be interesting to me. To see that her. would be okay, but again, I don't see any reason for it to happen. Um, in terms I, of I movies, think, I think if you in were... terms of a movie, because they are gonna, they've already said they want to do a, a Black Widow movie unless they. Cancel it, yeah. yeah. Unless they end up canceling it now, if they do, it's probably going to be a prequel. Yeah, one hundred percent. Just I like Captain Marvel so. was. Yeah, and if they bring her back for whatever reason, then fuck Disney. Yeah, um, fuck that for sure. But yeah. I think it's gonna be a prequel, and honestly, I think the only two Marvel movies I'm really looking forward to now are the ones that are practically official: Far From Home in two months, mm-hmm. and Guardians Three. Yeah, in like a year and a half. Yeah, in like. Two or probably three years, yeah. That, probably, probably, oh yeah, longer than a year two and years, a half. Two years at least. It's going to be yeah. two or three years, yeah, because James Gunn's still working on that Suicide Squad sequel. Yeah, which I'm actually kind of intrigued. I'm by. actually kind of excited. <laughs> I'm intrigued yeah. because the movie, first movie was so bad. Yeah, Guardians 3 is not coming out until 2022. I'm kind of in the same boat where, like, I think I'm kind of done with the MCU as, like, one unified universe. Like, now that the Avengers arc is over, I don't really see where they go from here. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they probably do the new avengers which is the actual yeah. title that's what they're called in the, in the comics right but uh, yeah the, oh yeah the, the new, new avengers. avengers and by the way read brian michael bendis's new avengers run i don't know it's just after endgame it's like that seems like way less interesting to me now because i feel like everybody's stories well, are pretty much done well yeah it's because it's, it's been done now right yeah. we, they've had the huge reveal they had the big cinema cinema feat that they've accomplished yeah right it's they did, they, it, they did it. And yeah. It's amazing. And, and like, it's it's really hard to talk that. They might. And if they do, I'm really excited for it. But I, it's going to be really hard. Especially with all the, how excited we've all been for Endgame for so long. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's going to be a while. I think it's mostly a combination of just me being kind of tired of this. And also, like, just kind of cynical about this kind of industry movie in general. Yeah. I'm probably going to see anything they put out. Like, yeah, me too. Honest. Yeah. But the only ones that I'm really really uh rushing out to see her guardians 3 like chris mentioned mm-hmm. and far from home because spider-man is my favorite fictional character me too yeah like those are the only ones i'm like gonna go out to the theater and go see everything else i can wait i'm not that excited for anything else like i guess black panther 2 will come out at one point too and these movies will probably they'll be, fine. be fine they'll be fine like i don't, I don't think I, any of us are dreading them I oh think no we just, i think yeah. honestly just Having an investment with these characters over 11 years, along with well, having DC try out their own cinematic mm-hmm. universe and all these other superhero properties coming out, yeah. I think we're experiencing superhero fatigue. 
And I think yeah. as soon as Far From Home comes out... Yeah, there'll be a break. Marvel should be smart and just take a year off. Especially because Spider-Verse really showed just how, like, how innovative these movies can be when they're not, like, adhering to a Marvel formula, yeah. necessarily. Or well, or even, like, the, the, it's not a live-action movie. Yeah. And I think I think more superhero stuff should be animated, honestly, because there's so much more possibility. And in that, in that comic book kind of style, too. That was yeah. mm-hmm. the best-looking, like, one of the best-looking movies yeah. I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and, they, and the thing is, even if even if the new movies aren't are as good as, as these current ones, no, these ones we have in the last 10 years are going to age so well. I think, yeah. I, like I... Like, I'm going to show my kids these movies. Yeah, like I said to you guys when we left the theater... I think the concept of the MCU is going to age really, really well. Because that's the thing. I think overall, the MCU at this point has been very hit and miss. Like, there's been really solid movies come out of it. There's been some that aren't very good at all. And then the rest of them have just been fine. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of have a meh feeling on the overall execution. Mm -hmm. But I think the concept of it, I think Kevin Feige's ambitions, and I think ultimately the ultimate payoff here in Endgame, I think these are going to age really well. I mean, they've already yeah. made the smart choice of hiring James Gunn back for Guardian 3. Yeah. yeah. Firing him in the first place was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, because of, one thing he th- because of what one thing he said like seven Not years ago that, or something but, like that. But the guy who brought it up, like, so what he said was like, it was just an edgy joke that, it wasn't funny, but no. like, it, it was just an edgy joke. And then the guy who brought it up was like, oh yeah, James Gunn endorses child rape. And the fun fact is the guy who brought this up, Mike Cernovich, is actually, like, accused of rape. He's a horrible human being. Yeah, yeah so everyone, why did everyone take it seriously? Like, yeah, Jesus. they shouldn't have. And then Disney gave into it because Disney is an alt- ultimately an amoral corporation that mm-hmm. just wants to save face when they think they need to. Yeah, pretty much. And that, whatever makes the people happy, right? It's not that they're stupid, it's just they're amoral. Well, yeah, yeah but I think that also leads into stupidity. But we, we yeah. don't have to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. But um, yeah, so uh, that was... Uh, that's it. That was Endgame and Infinity War. Um, so. We did our recommendations already. There's no point in doing them again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely definitely recommend going seeing this movie. Uh, we're going to be taking a break for uh, a week, so there won't be an episode next week. Uh, after that, we'll after be that, doing an episode... What is it going to be on, guys? Oh, uh, I don't think Who we've decided that. You'll, you'll yeah. find out next in two weeks. You'll yeah. find out, yeah, uh, within a week or we'll two. We'll do a reveal. Holy shit, guys, we're doing crank! We just got copyright struck by Nintendo. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, so but right. that was our review of the... the last episodes, last the all the Avengers movies. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. Uh, please check out our Patreon and our Twitter. We don't have a patreon uh, set up yet. we'll set up a patreon, <laughs> up a patreon. <laughs> check, out, check out our stuff on uh on twitter. youtube and twitter and all that kind of Sound stuff follow one. us uh share it with your friends share it with your non-friends share it with your friends family and clergy share go, it with brie larson go, go to the home- share it with brie larson. <laughs> go, go to the homeless person at the end of the street and share it with him and tell him to go bring it to brie larson <laughs> lock, lock a homeless person in a room show him this podcast ask him what he thought when he, when he tearfully asks you to please let him leave, show it to him again. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> until Keep he, doing it until, until Brie Larson gets back to me. <laughs> If someone actually does this, we're so fucked. We're so fucked. Cut. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, thanks everyone uh, so much for listening. Uh, we're taking a break for about two weeks. No, about a week. Uh, well, in- the next episode will come out in two weeks. Yeah, uh, we're, taking, yeah. we're taking a week break. Uh... Yeah, that was the uh, the Avengers uh, series. Thanks to everyone for uh, for listening. Now please let me rest. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.